You're listening to the Sewing and Grown podcast and radio show with Jay and Jay. podcast we're back with another episode and i need to start our timer because we like to kind of stay on track these are supposed to be 30 minute episodes they've been going a little bit longer lately but that's okay you know what i like to talk and you know what i want to talk about this because i was on a date with my wife last night we're on the drive home and i had this burning desire to listen to kiss from a rose by seal you heard that song you know, I really like that song, and it was on the movie Sing, it, the first one. And I actually it? just watched. Sing. Was it the Gorilla Dude Planet? Or no, it was, was one it? of the auditions in the beginning. Mm. It was hilarious. It was a llama, and he like started with like. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. Okay, interesting things about that song is that when that album was released, when Seal released that song and that whole album, he didn't release any lyrics with it, which was unheard of at the time. And he said, "I'm not." giving lyrics especially to this song because i want the listener to interpret it he's like that's what it it means that's the what am i saying i'm not it sure it means more hold on so start over the value of the song is in the interpretation that the listener gives so it. so when you say there weren't lyrics are you saying like when you got the cd and you pulled the little yep, slip out there was, there was no lyrics there was no. but he sang it with words he sang it with words but you couldn't find the lyrics anywhere nope you can now find them online, like in multiple places. But there's a lot of controversy on what that song actually means. And so I just want to clarify this, that when he says, um, I got to remember the lyrics. Kiss from a rose. He goes, um, baby, I compare you to a kiss from a rose on the... What do you think he says right there? I can't remember. I don't know what that was. Most people think he says grave. He says gray. I compare you to a kiss from a rose on the gray, right? Interesting. So me and my wife were discussing wow. what it meant. And then we actually looked up. There's like a whole website called Lyric Interpretations or Song Meetings. Yeah, there is. And so here, here's the beginning. It says, there used to be a graying tower alone on the sea. And you became the light on the dark side of me. What do you think that means? I'm trying to process it as it's coming out. I'm taking them on a journey. Hopefully you have a rope to hold a on gray, to. Limit, <laughs> a gray tower in the midst of the sea. Yeah. And, and you, you became the light on the dark side of me. It means like he was an island to himself and then he was yeah. dark. And then as she came into his life, there became light to his darkness. Right. That's what I think. But there's a whole nother line that screws all this up. It says, did you know that when it snows, my eyes become large? And the light that you shine can be seen. Apparently, these are all drug references. Ah, uh, I hate when that happens. <laughs> so it's up in arms. Is it a a forbidden addictive love story or just a guy who's addicted to cocaine? I'm not sure. Well, according to Seal, it's what you want it to be. Right. It's what you want it to be. I want to personally think that he was alone unto himself. He was depressed and a love came into his life that helped him come out of the darkness if we're going to talk about artists that have hard to comprehend <laughs> lyrics you got to go to ben howard oh, if you listen wow. to some of ben howard yeah. which that one cd what is the name of it every um, kingdom every kingdom that cd is fire straight fire it's so good you go and that was like his debut one of his CD, first albums yeah. and you're like this guy's gonna be amazing 
I haven't gotten the revelation of his new music and the greatness of it, but I really appreciate that CD. But there are some lyrics in there that are also very strange. We're not going to get into it. Maybe another podcast. Because they're both uh, non-Christian They are (laughs) non-Christian. But an appreciation of good art and skill level that I hope both of them... Use their gifts for the glory of God someday. Yeah, you know, so that was a that was a heated topic on the way home, and then I will move on, but it was really funny because um, there was one meaning that said that the song Kiss from a Rose was all about a, a dude that repeatedly crashed into a lighthouse. <laughs> <laughs> and it made both of us laugh so hard. Um, How about good. The Lighthouse Tale by Nickel Creek? Ooh. That's a great banger of a That's song. That's the best mandolin ever? Chris Thiele. Woo. Come on. Awesome. Okay. Well, I am a lighthouse. Sorry. <laughs> so good. Moving on. We both really like music, um, but you already picked that up. Well, we are already into February, maybe March by the time this drops. And I know that Pastor Zane, uh, who runs the maintenance department here at the church, New Creation Church, shout out, love our church. I work with him a lot, and he's all about leadership development, and he likes to stir it up with me. And we're looking at what it means to grow in 2022. And he said something great about leadership development that he got from a great leader of leaders, Craig Rochelle. If you weren't talking about great podcasts, uh, the Craig Rochelle leadership podcast. Great. He excels even in the secular world for people looking for leadership, Craig Rochelle. But it's like the new John Maxwell almost. Uh, I told Pastor Zane this. I think I don't know if Craig Rochelle knows anything about football, but I think if he became a head football coach, they'd probably win the Super Bowl within three years. (laughs) But he made this point, and he encouraged us in this new year, instead of creating what goals, create who goals on who you want to become in the year, because who you are drives what you do. So I started thinking about that, and I believe all of us who are believers would say we want to be more like God, and we want more of his life in us. Yeah. I was waiting for that. That's yeah, true. you gave me Amen. a good manly. Yeah. Yeah. But I've also been learning this, and I heard this statement, and I just want to get it out in the open. It was a quote from a guy from 500 AD. A long, a long time, time ago. ago. A Christian a from bit, 500 AD. A little bit AD, before I was born. Augustine. Yeah. Uh, and from his major work, uh, Confessions, maybe you've heard of that book. He had this statement, and I didn't really like it at first, and maybe we can look at it. He said, how can you draw close to God when you are far from your own self? And you might go, hey, I don't That's need to know it. a philosopher's question. That is a philosopher's question, but I think we can talk about it. The title of this podcast, as of now, I don't know what it is. You could call it No Name, which there's a town or at a location in Colorado called No Name. Yeah. I don't know it. Well, some people call it No Nami. I know somebody named their dog at Nonami because they thought the town was named No Name when they drove it into Glenwood. By the time, <laughs> no joke. That's funny. <laughs> By the time you listen to this podcast, there will be a name for this podcast. But I think there's something to what Augustine said that we need to know ourselves to a degree before we can know God, and we can't write off portions of ourselves because even Jesus was fully man. And fully God. And he had to know what it was to be fully man and know what it was to be fully God. And for Jesus to say the night before he was crucified, not my will, but your will, to some degree he needed to know aspects of himself and who he was in the flesh and who he was in God. And we'd say this, you can't get saved until you know you're lost. That's true. So I think that's partly what Augustine's saying is saying, you have to know what's going on inside of you. Um, so you can ultimately bring that in 
concordance with God. Right. Well, I think there's a cliche saying that says you can't really love others until you learn to love yourself. And a big reason behind that is because we tend to project. And so if you're feeling lost and hurt, if you hate yourself, you project that hatred onto others. And the Bible is all about treating others how you treat yourself. So if you're supposed to love your neighbor as you love yourself and you don't know how to love yourself, you're going to have a very hard time with your neighbor. So it starts internally, introspective. You need to learn to love and treat yourself in a way that's healthy so you can then project that and towards other people. And I want to say this. Self-centeredness is terrible. Self-awareness is very helpful. I'll give you yeah. an example, which was from last night. Um, again, you learned this from probably multiple podcasts, but especially the one that we just had with Wayne, Wayne World Part 2. I'm recently married, and I wasn't very self-aware yesterday. My wife normally is more aware of how I'm doing than I am at times. <laughs> but uh, I worked, she worked all day, and then we went to the gym together, and then we went home. And uh, I got home, and apparently, from the moment I saw her, I was serious. And I can have a playful mood, but I can have a serious mood. I didn't think I was being serious. Well, later on that night... I decided to try to be playful concerning something and said something in a playful way, but I was serious the whole day. So my playfulness didn't come across playful. It came across biting. And that's it was like exactly what happened to me last night. But seriously, ahead. I want to yeah. give you a high five, but that's not a good <laughs> yeah, thing. We but both just... <laughs> are not self-aware. <laughs> okay, but what I'm ahead. saying is if we can know ourselves in these moments, we can handle ourselves in relation to God better yeah. And we can handle ourselves in relation to people better. And really, that is the Christian life. Wow. Dealing with God and dealing with people. <laughs> Dude, that's funny. I came in last night, still with work on the brain. We were going to go on the date night. Yeah. I walked in. I didn't acknowledge her. I was still doing research. And then I showed her an article about the thing I was researching for work. And then I went upstairs and I tried to be playful. And she's like, What? And I'm like, hey, you know, like it's date night. And she goes, you don't even acknowledge my presence. You're at work all day. You come home late. You don't even tell me you're coming home late. And you still are talking about work. So what I did was we we were already, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Yours is she a little more be play playful with me. Uh, we're, uh, we're making dinner. Uh, we're both hungry. We're at the gym and I'm at a toaster oven. We have a toaster <laughs> oven and I'm getting done with our toast. I'm making the toast for the family. That's what the man does. No, yeah. it's not. The I was man the handles toast. the bread and what does he do? He turns it in the so, toast. So my wife makes this bold statement as the bread's in the toaster oven because it's almost done with the toasting function. And she says, if you turn it up, which I think is just a timer because it's based off of time. Like at yeah, this it, quarter, it'll get it this way. So if you turn it up, it actually gets hotter. And I said... Is that a scientific study? <laughs> Which I thought Ooh. was playful, but with me being serious the whole day, she looked at me and said, very arrogant. <laughs> and that blew <laughs> me up. Uh, so listen, we need to be more self-aware. And I think a good tool that I would venture to say a lot of people in the faith camp of the church don't like are personality and behavior tests that make yeah. you more aware of yourself. Mm. And maybe that... Most simple and basic ones is knowing if you're introverted or extroverted. And I just wanted to tap into introversion and extroversion because what's great about this podcast is you have an introvert and you have an extrovert on this podcast. Who is who? We'll let you guess. I'll give you two seconds. Actually, it probably might be harder for you to, to know because both of us talk a lot and both of us can be very charismatic. Mm -hmm. But there is a definitive um, extrovert 
an introvert sitting at this table. The grand reveal is I'm an extrovert and Jonathan's an introvert. Yes. But we're married to the opposite. Yeah, I'm married to an extreme extrovert. And I'm married to an extreme, I mean extreme, extreme introvert. So hopefully we have some funny stories. Hopefully we have some wisdom because I believe all types of personalities have God's character in them. God's so big that you can find them in there. But even though there's God's life filled into these different personalities, there's also temptations that each of these personalities have that the enemy can get to easily. So maybe we can talk about different ones of those. Uh, Can you just help define maybe in your own terms, what's the difference between an introvert and an extrovert? Um, I think I, um, extroverts are more, there's a lot of ways we can describe this. They're more, focused on people and introverts are more focused on themselves which seems like what are the good qualities of an introvert (laughs) so extroverts are more interested in people i'll go ahead and say this maybe i'm putting the cart before the horse we'll get to this later but i think that being an extrovert is more in line with the character of god than being an introvert i hold the exact opposite point wow which is crazy i'll just give you an example so like we're like driving by target there's a homeless man I, I'm very generous. Like, I a lot of times give, and the reason why I give, and if we've said this in a previous podcast, is because that the only thing that I can manage is my own heart. What that person does with my money is not my business, but if I have a leading to give and I don't, I'm disobeying God. So I usually give. Anyways, it's not enough for me to just give the man $5. My wife will literally, like, get out of a car and pray with someone. And because, she, and I'm like, no, I don't want to talk to them. Like, eh, just here you go. God bless you, brother. Here's five bucks. She'll want to get out of the car and minister to someone. Whenever we're at any type of function, you know, I tend to keep to myself. She'll try and find anyone and everyone in the room that she doesn't know and talk to them. And she's really an includer. So she's like, I want you to be at the table and feel valued and feel heard. I want to say that I kind of have those values, but I don't practice them. Go ahead. Well, you you said you have a complete opposite view. Well, I, I'll get into that, why I really have been trying to find value in introverts. And the reason is, is because really I am so much different than my wife. I can either be frustrated with her or I can see God's given character inside of her personality. But I, I just want to start off with a definition because definitions yeah. are really important. It comes down to, in my mind, where you gather energy. So an introvert gathers energy internally think of introvert internally internally by themselves an extrovert gathers energy externally from the people around them so first off let's just talk about the character of god let's talk about what sounds more spiritual gathering (laughs) energy inwardly or gathering energy externally listen i'm not saying one's better than the other i think it's very healthy that pastor jonathan as an introvert can say he really sees god's character in an extrovert and I can really see it in an introvert. But this is a developed behavior. Let me tell you how I have misinterpreted the heart of introverts in the past. I was in Guatemala, and I was interning in Guatemala teaching in a Bible school. And when you teach in a Bible school, you should speak truth, and you should speak it in clarity. You shouldn't go on things that you're not knowledgeable about. But I was talking, I believe, about an evangelism class. And I saw myself as an introvert, as a younger child that turned into an extrovert. That's not really what happened. But I said this statement out loud. I said, God doesn't make introverts. 
<laughs> well, there was a girl that was helping me. She was lived in Guatemala, and there was another intern in Guatemala, and they were both 11s on a scale of 1 to 10 of extrovert. I mean, introversion. Introverts. They were very introverted. Well, I had about a week of suffering, hearing about how I was wrong. And I had to come to the point that I was wrong. Introversion, I only saw as shyness. But shyness and introversion are two different things. But a temptation for an introvert can be to be shy. That's a really good point because I was going to say, I'm just exposing myself and my own flaws here, that I will use the, uh, wow, what, the cover-up of being an introvert as a reason for me to not have to talk with someone because it's, it's selfish. When I go to the grocery store, I'm thinking about me. I'm thinking about what I want. Um, that's selfish. Is that, sorry. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, the reason I think you're being harder on an introvert is because you're more accustomed to the flaws and the difficulties of that personality trait. Yeah. I'm more, aware of the difficulties of my personality trait. But I, I want to start off with the strengths. Good. Because for introverts and extroverts, there's strengths and there's constraints to each of those, I want to say persuasion, but that isn't the word, leanings. Yes. You're leaning. So the strengths of extroverts. I haven't talked much about extroverts, but you've mentioned some. Um, normally, they're more comfortable speaking with different people. They like meeting new people. And they can have a magnetic effect on people. They can draw people, which you go, well, that's great. Weren't we supposed to be like witnesses on this earth? That all sounds really helpful. Well, let's talk about some strengths of introverts because you've been pretty hard. I wrote down a few, but I'm not an introvert. Do you have some to add here? I have maybe a few. Um, We can, you can stay yours first. Well, I, most introverts, and this isn't just from my own thought. uh, There's a book called Quiet. And I think the lady's name is Susan Kane, and she's an introvert who's a lawyer, and she wrote a book on the power of introverts, which is really interesting. I've just listened to her TED Talk. But she said, most creative people are introverted. Deep thought generators are introverted, and they have very deep friendships. Yeah, I think going on the deep friendships, I was just thinking about how introverts, because people, like large groups, drain their energy they're very selective and careful in who their friends are. And usually when they choose those friends, they're going to have deeper, you know, deeper relationships with them. Cause those usually those friends are people that don't drain them as much. (laughs) (laughs) And I just think about it too. I've got like a handful of very close friends. Um, I'll hang out in big groups with people, but I know that like the five people I'm thinking of don't really drain me that much. But I was thinking of this, uh, I've been in a few wedding, weddings with you, and I've I've seen the weddings you've been a part of. You've had the opportunity to be the best man. You were my best man, <laughs> yeah. but of a few different people, yeah. right? Yeah. I have never been a best man for anyone. <laughs> Why is that? Is that because I'm a terrible person and you're no. amazing? No. no, but you value those deep friendships. I'm the kind of guy who's like Peter who goes and yeah. tosses his net and takes everyone in. I remember you asking, how... Not to give you a hard time, but you're like, how are you friends with those people? Are you going to ever build a relationship like you have with this person? I'm like, well, maybe, but I just like being around them and nice with them. Yeah, It's not as deep, but there's more of them. Right. And again, if you're going into this later, I'm sorry, but I think actually um, we are called to and should grow into being able to embody both. Absolutely. I think... 
our ability to know our strength and weaken our constraint. That's not it. It's like a double negative, but to <laughs> elevate it. If, if you're a full 10 on an introverted scale, but you can lift up and bear up those weaknesses so you get closer to a zero, then you're better off. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking that, I mean, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I am comfortable speaking and I have been to- told that I draw people to me. So I think I'm working on both. I think Actually, you it, when you first walk into the church, I'm like on the announcements, I'm leading worship, and I'm kind of pretty charismatic on stage. A lot of people mistake me for an extrovert. That's true. I don't know if you ever get mistaken for an introvert. Never. Wow. But... I, I would agree with you. I think you know who you are, which is important, and you know where you're naturally weak, and you've worked on those things. Yeah, but I those still are, have Those aren't necessarily loss. coming easy for you, and they don't necessarily give you energy. No. Yeah. I've, on, a, on a Sunday, I really have to go home and take a nap, and I'm pretty worn out by, by the end of morning services. And I haven't really talked to a whole lot of people, but it just... And even just the way you present yourself and smiling and encouraging, and I had to get the congregation pumped, and it's taxing on me. Right. Well, we've talked a couple of this about a couple of these constraints, but I want to talk about some constraints. And again, I'll start off yeah. with extroverts. Extroverts can be called shallow because they they <laughs> they they spread their opinion real easily. They yeah. get out there. They don't go very deep, so they can be seen as shallow. They can be seen as not as aware, that they're not as aware of their surroundings. They don't pick up on things. Uh, And lastly, they're not given to solitude and really being by themselves. That's the biggest flaw, I think. (laughs) But that's a huge flaw. And that's why I think the heart of God is so attached to introverts. Because Hmm. Jesus someday, for those that say, "Hey, hey, I went out and I laid hands on people. I cast demons out of people. His thing was, I never knew you which is who you are with him in solitude. Yeah. You see a lot of extroverted traits in the Pharisees and yeah. those that he called hypocrites. They pray out in the public yeah. and they were out there. But he said, you go by yourself. Yeah. You'll go in the innermost room and you close the door. Yeah. To an extrovert, that sounds like a nightmare. To an introvert, they're given to that to more of a degree. But you, But in that solitude, you get an extrovert's reward because he said you go into the private <laughs> you go into your, into the secret place, right? Right. And you will be rewarded openly. True. So Which is great. Both. But you have to put your flesh under. Yeah. You have to say, not my will, but your will be done to yeah. go to those private places. And really, if you look at world changers, and this was one of the points that Susan Cain, if that is her name, made in her book was... Uh, I don't support these people's theology, but Buddha, Muhammad, Moses, Jesus, they all had a wilderness separated moment that produced deep change throughout the whole world. And Einstein, different people like these, these are people that didn't get their big ideas in a round table discussion. They brought those ideas from their aloneness to those areas. And extroverted people aren't given to that. But hey, introverts have some constraints too. We already talked about some of them. They're hard time meeting new people. They can be shy. And they can even be seen as awkward and unfriendly at times. Unfriendly a lot. We go, man, why why are they always frowning? Why are they quiet? Doesn't they can be seen as unfriendly? That's a I mean, I just talked about how sometimes, you know, people see that I have a magnetic, magnetic kind of effect, but I'm also known to be standoffish. 
I think that in, in the right setting, an introvert can really blossom. Um, but when it's just you throw me in a room of new people, I probably won't talk to anyone. The, I've been really nice to introverts. Can I give another constraint? Yeah. That introverts, I think introverts can have a really hard time letting go of grudges and forgive because they yeah. have such deep relationships mm-hmm. with people that when they do get hurt, the hurt has gone so deep, it's harder for them to get over. Where I know for me, for the most part, it's really pretty easy for me to forgive. It might be because I'm more surface level. I do think I have some deep relationships with people, but it's easier for me to give my heart for someone and then get it back from someone where people who can be more introverted, it cuts a lot deeper. First cut is the deep. He just went Cheryl Crow, everybody. Baby, I know. Can, can you add any validity? I mean, yes, th- I think you're absolutely right. <laughs> but I still think that if God had to choose which one, it would be extroverts. <laughs> <laughs> That's not. And a... I'm speaking against myself. But again, if you can ebb and flow between both, so there is that quiet, introspective part. I think that. Well, I can give more constraints of introverts. Sorry, I was about to just prop up introverts, even though I think God's more extroverts. Um, yeah, the shyness again. They use it as an excuse. I think the selfishness is a really a big deal. Introverts care way more about themselves than they do other people. And I'm just saying that from someone who is an introvert. And I'm married now, and I have to constantly work at preferring my wife over me. Because a lot of times, and this sounds terrible, I'm just like totally putting all my flaws out there. Like, I'll get into the car and be like, I'm ready to go. And she's like, we've got two kids. Like, are you going to help me? I'm like, man, I'm just thinking about myself. And that is a very big constraint of introverts. Well, there's an equal constraint on the extroverted side, not limited to extroverts, but of a fear of man and a people pleasing because being around people is so important and retreating to myself is so hard that I want to keep the climate of the people that I come into a room with healthy to what seems healthy or maybe lighthearted so I can gain energy that it's hard for me to have conflictual conversations with Mm -hmm. them because then I deplete my energy resource. So Mm -hmm. I have a heart because I am thought thinking of other people that sometimes I want to enable or I don't want to address certain things because I feel like I need them to get energy. I can't get that by myself. Okay. So there's there's two sides yeah. to that coin. I think that let me look back at the um the good things about introverts. Creative, <laughs> deep thoughts, deep friendships. I think that they're good listeners. Um I'm working on being a good listener, but an introvert is not always going to be one to talk. So I think by nature, they're probably better listeners. That's true. Which, here's an example. We just went to a class. It's freezing up here, dude. My feet. I was just thinking it's so cold. (laughs) My kneecaps. I just want to let you know that the church is saving money (laughs) in the room we're in right now. I'm wearing jeans, but they're not like regular thick jeans. They're like more like jeggings, and they're very thin. And Yeah. I'm glad that I'm not alone in that. An introvert and an extrovert are both freezing in this upper room (laughs) of the church. But what my analogy that I was saying or story was we just were at a class by Wayne Pollard and uh, there were so many questions he asked and I just was wanting to answer the questions so bad. I was like clenching the table, but I tell myself I am free not to share in public. 
And I, in that same class, I was like, you know what, Jonathan, you should probably just answer. And I did not want to answer. But I was. And I did. My wife literally patted me on the back was like, good job, honey. Like, you did not I was sitting across from the room and I was like, why isn't John answering? John, I know John knows the question. And like Wayne would ask it in a way where we're like, is this like rhetorical? And he would look and at us. Sit he would there, look, and he would look at me and he'd look at you like, come on, guys. <laughs> And like I did not want to answer questions, but I did. But I what I'm but what I'm doing and what he's doing are we're lifting up and yeah. bearing up those weak areas in our life. So <laughs> I literally have to confess over my life, I am free in this moment not to share. Wow. And another confession I make, come on, extroverts, you can take this, you can steal this. If you do share it on Instagram or something, maybe you want to tag me. That's okay. <laughs> but I listen better than I speak. It's another thing I confess over myself. Amen. That's 100% I thought this might be accurate. I hope you got something out of this. I think it's a fun conversation. Again, we're learning to know ourselves better so we can know God better. And I believe those things are connected. But I just looked into other people's research who some introverts in the Bible were and who some extroverts in the Bible were. And here's a couple. Um, possibly, we don't know. Uh, I think Freud came up with introversion and extroversion, or maybe found it out. So he wasn't around back then and he wasn't godly. But anyways, back to the point. Jacob in the Bible was referred to as a quiet man. Uh, he was also yeah. a deceiver. Yeah, <laughs> we'll just leave that. Uh, but Moses was known as one who was slow to speech. We know that he had a speech impediment. But again, he was one that retired to wilderness and was alone for a long amount of time and was good with it. I thought this one was really fun. In John chapter 20, you have Peter and John. And they're running to the tomb of Jesus. And John's writing it. It's kind of funny how he writes yeah. it. He says that Peter's <laughs> older and John beats him to the tomb. But John stays on the outside of the tomb and he looks into the tomb and notices the cloth. Peter barges right <laughs> into the tomb and practically picks up the cloth. So we see that John may have had more of an introverted trait where he runs up and he looks at the situation and gathers it before he enters into it where Peter yeah. barges into the empty tomb. He's like, well, what's going on here? Peter's an extrovert. But it actually says that John gathered a conclusion before Peter did on what happened in the tomb, even though Peter ran into the tomb. Yeah. And one more shout out for the introverts. I like building up the introverts, and I thought this was interesting. In Eastern cultures, introversion is more appreciated. You think of China and different things. They value the character of introversion. And it used to be that way in the United States of America. We talked about this in the Masculinity podcast. That in the 1800s, there was a character or a culture of character. I think that was the terminology yeah. used. Susan Cain mentioned this, that even personal development books were titled like Courage and How to Stand Alone. But then when we moved into the 20th century, the personal development books were How to Win Friends <laughs> and Influence People. Yeah, how to be a people. Because we became much more of a media-driven society. So extroverts are normally the loudest in the room and sometimes can convey themselves in the best way. But just because you're the loudest in the room and you can convey your idea better doesn't mean you have the best idea. Yeah. And I think there's some health to our society if we can return to some introverted mm. qualities because a lot of the deep thought and life change comes from times of isolation. Not isolation. What's the... Solitude. Solitude. Isolation is lonely. Isotope. Solitude is... <laughs> Isotope. All right. I said a lot of stuff there. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think of 
maybe just when you were making the comparison between John and Peter and how John came to that conclusion first, I think of that those sayings, it's like, shoot first, ask questions later. Um, an extrovert might be more keen to shoot first and ask a question later. Or the, even the, the terminology in building, measure twice and cut once. You know, sometimes an extrovert gets into the situation like, let's, all right, I'm excited. We're going to do this. We're activators. Boom. Make the cut. Oh, I measured wrong. Now it's screwed, you know? Uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, I can definitely see what you're saying, that, you know, when you kind of highlighted those those different aspects. But going back to what I first said, there is an aspect of introverts that are more self-concerned, and there's an aspect of extroverts that are more people-concerned. And so when it comes to those two things, I think we really need to work on the extroversion and and thinking and focusing on the needs of others. But I love how you brought clarity to the introversion side. You made me feel better about myself. Well, good. And I you encouraged me in my journey. Um, what's the wisdom of the day? We we went long again, but we love talking with you. Well, to you? To you to that you. doesn't sound right. I don't, I don't want to talk saying. with you. But <laughs> I enjoyed the conversation, needless to say. Do you have a wisdom of the day? Um, well, I've been meditating on this the entire time and trying to figure out how I say it and wrap it into it. So I'm actually trusting that I will throw out a word vomit and you will clarify it. You want me to help package your wisdom of the Bozema. day? Right? Yes. Bozema. GLS. Back to Craig Gashel. Yeah. Uh, there's a thing every year called the Global <laughs> Global Leadership Summit, which they invite a bunch of speakers to teach on leadership. There was a lady there named Bozema. I don't remember her last name. But she talked about inclusion. She talked about um, having a seat at the table. I'm really trying to wrap my mind around this. I think that... Um, Oof, how I, do I, I say this? I feel like I can say this in a way, and I Go want on. it to be my wisdom of the day, but I know it was generated by you. But okay. I'm going to say Go it the it. way I think of where you're going. <laughs> Maybe yeah. be a listener. Do it. Okay, so she made the point that we go, you know what? Inclusion is just inviting people to a board meeting and they sit at the table. But really, yeah. inclusive leaders give them a place to speak in the meeting yes. at the table they're, they're brought to. Well, there's an extroverted trait to that and there's an introverted yeah. trait to it. Inviting a new person to the table is an extroverted trait. Seeing that person and having a deep enough connection to allow them to speak at that meeting is an introverted trait. Boom. When we bring both those together, we're yes. becoming mature and we're becoming more <laughs> like God. You said it in half the time with twice the clarity. Glory to God. Thank and you. this is what we're going to do. First time in all of So and Growing Podcast. That's a combined wisdom of the day, folks. Well, I just kind of went. Uh, 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 no, but you, you got it going. We're gonna can we can we join together yes, and make that our day. our wisdom of the I day. And awesome. sometimes an introvert will be at the table. They know that they're invited, and they're too introverted to speak. But an extrovert can operate in some introversion and value that relationship and see them. Yeah. But even that even that strength of the extrovert saying, "I realize that you don't have enough courage to speak." And I'm going to invite you and give you that place to speak. So that's an extroverted strength empowering an introverted weakness. And that's a whole Whoa. nother subject Man. in leadership. Uh, being aware in meetings as an extrovert. I'll leave a meeting like, that was bomb, wasn't it? And my wife will be like, did you see this person isn't on my team so I can use their name? Janice? Like, yeah. Janice was quiet there. She had something to say. And you never noticed her. Like, yeah. 
wow, I guess it wasn't so much of a bomb meeting. <laughs> but again, as we grow in both those, we become more like God. Know ourselves that we may know God. Hallelujah. I'll pray. You pray. Father God, thank you so much for this time together. I thank you. It's an honor and a privilege to be able to discuss this subject with Pastor Jonathan. I just pray for us that we'd be doers of these words. We wouldn't just be more introverted or extroverted. We would be more like you, Father God. These things might define our character, but they don't define who we are. You identify us. You're greater than our personalities, and you're cultivating, shaping, and forming our personalities. So I thank you, Father God for who you are and what you're doing in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you all. We trust that you're getting things out of this. You know, we really love speaking and talking and conversing. (laughs) Those are all the same things. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And we're hoping that you're getting as much out of it as we are, because I know we're presenting these subjects, but we are learning just as much as we're talking about these things, and and we see it as beneficial. Um, So hopefully you do too. Maybe take us up on that challenge of liking and and rating, leaving a review. As of this podcast, and I would check every week to see if we're getting new (laughs) rates and new reviews. We haven't gotten one in 2022. There's been no reviews. So you haven't followed up on the challenge, folks. So please, please, thank you. (laughs) That's a thank you in advance for for leaving a review. We appreciate you. Good night and good luck. And if this is morning, good day. And still good luck, which would be God's favor. There's no luck. Till next time on the Sewing and Growing Podcast with (laughs) J&J.